Thanks for joining us for our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. We're currently in our series, Fresh Fruit, where we are diving into the fruit of the Spirit. As a believer, the fruit of the Spirit should be coming out of our lives. It should be shown in all that we say and do. Just as when you see an apple tree, you see apples on it. As a Christian, others should see you and see the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. They should see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They should see Jesus in us. Our vertical relationship with God must be lived out in our horizontal relationships with others. So let's jump in together to this week's message of Fresh Fruit. We're so glad you're here. Hi, I'm Don Storrs, and this is my lovely wife, Cynthia, and uh, we've been here for three years here. Talking about gentleness, what does gentleness mean to us? Gentleness means it's self-sacrificing. Gentleness often means doing a 180 from what my original reaction would have been. Listening, really listening, rather than, okay, I want to make my point. I think that that's how I'm able to respond in gentleness. If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to grab them. Maybe you have an app where you want to open it up, and we're going to be in Philippians chapter 4 this morning. Uh, as we continue, like I said, the series called Fresh Fruit, and we're looking at the fruit of the Spirit that's listed, that, that Paul writes in Galatians chapter 5. He works through uh, the fruit of the Spirit, and he says in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, he says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He says, against such things, there is no law. And we've said this every week, but I think I just want to make sure we always remind ourselves that when we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, we're talking about an outward reality, right? That we're talking about an outward evidence of an inward reality. It's something that happens when we put our faith in Christ. For salvation, when we trust him for salvation, he gives us new life by the Spirit of God. And so this transforming work that's happening as the fruit of the Spirit becomes more and more evident is, this, is the transforming work, the Spirit working inside of us, producing in us character traits that are consistent with who God's character is. And so we become and we act and we look and we, we, in our attitudes and our actions, we look more and act more like Jesus. And that's the goal when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit. It's growing in increasing measure. We look and act in these ways, and we see these things more and more evident in our lives. This is week eight of nine. Like I said, we're, we're talking about gentleness this morning. Next week is uh, self-control. And I'm going to do that thing that pastors aren't supposed to do. I'm actually going to be out next week. Uh, a, I get to go watch LSU play this team that's orange. Uh, and I'm hoping that I'm really happy on Saturday night. 
uh, in our Saturday afternoon after that game is over and some of you are not happy. Uh, so I'm getting to go down there, but then Rebecca and I are going on a little, just us are going away for the weekend or for the week. And so, uh, we're, so thank you for letting us, giving us space to be able to do that. And so Jacob Scripture, uh, our discipleship pastor will be here with you next week. And so I want to make, you know, y'all, y'all be here next week, support him, encourage him and, and, and cheer him on as he talks about self-control. I strategically put that on the list. Uh, so I didn't have to read about, so I don't have to study self-control. So I don't have to do that. That's a joke. Uh, that's a joke for sure. So, uh, so we're talking about gentleness this week. And if you have your worship guides, there's some space for you to fill out some, uh, some different things there. There's not a whole lot, but I want to give you some, some things just to, so you can take home and think about this next week. And so uh, gentleness, what we're, how we're defining gentleness is, is kind of working through and how we'll kind of break it apart this over the next little bit. Gentleness is strength under control. You can fill these in if you want to. Gentleness is strength under control. An active sensitivity and regard for others and an eagerness to forgive. Strength under control. An active sensitivity and regard for others and an eagerness to forgive. Last week we talked about faithfulness. And I said, and when we talked about that, if you, if you were here, you remember, if you weren't just, you know, I, faithfulness is of, of the fruit of the spirit that we are working through in that, that, that list that Paul gives us in Galatians. I would say faithfulness is the one that, I've meditated on and think about more often than any of the others, right? Because I, I desire to be faithful and I, and I want to end life in ministry and in life be, being faithful. And uh, when, when God calls me home that I get to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. But if I'm honest, this one, gentleness, if I'm honest, I would have to say of the list is the most convicting, it's the most convicting, especially this week as, I'm, as I've studied and, 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 and prepared over the past little bit. This has been the most convicting because I can't tell you, I mean, I know that you may look at me and you think, oh, he's probably so gentle. He probably never raises his voice or never, never gets out of control, right? Self-control is next week, but he never loses it, right? He never is elevated or uses words in a harsh tone. and those. I know that's what you're thinking. And if you're thinking that, you would be wrong. Um, that was funny. Uh, the, but I can tell you this, that in the past 18 years of marriage and in the past 43 years of life, I cannot tell you how many times my wife or my parents have reminded me that I'm not being very gentle in the way that I'm speaking. The words or the tone of my voice is not gentle. That my actions aren't gentle. And so I, this one, again, it's one of those, it just, it seems like all week as, as I've worked through, it's, it's just been those moments where, where the Holy Spirit has been exposing and, and, and just spotlighting places where more and more he's working in my heart and, and, and working in this area to, to make me look more like Jesus and to, and, 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 and to shape me and mold me and transform me more into his image. And it seems like I have a really long way to go, uh, is if, if I'm honest, right? And so this morning, uh, to, be, to be just transparent, um, I feel like I, I should thank y'all for being here as I talk to myself, really, is what I'm doing over the next couple minutes. But we're going we're gonna to read this passage of scripture in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, which is going to kind of be the, the text for our, uh, our morning. And it says this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 5, and, and Paul writes, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And I will say it again, rejoice, but let your gentleness be evident to all. 
the Lord is near. Let's pray, and then we'll jump in uh, and work through this passage this morning. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you even as we look at this this morning that, that you remind us of your gentleness throughout Scripture. And God, the calling for us to be gentle, for us to, for, for the calling in our lives for gentleness is, is truly a, a work of your Holy Spirit. It's not something that happens naturally within, within us, Lord. And so God, we pray that this morning that your Holy Spirit would work and move and, and God, the, the fruit of your Spirit inside of us, especially when it comes to gentleness, would become more and more evident in our lives people would see your gentleness in us and be drawn to you because of it. It's in Christ's strong and mighty name that we pray. Amen and amen. So we're going to start this week in the same place that we've really tried to start every week and looking at, turning our attention to the greatest and the clearest picture of whatever fruit, we're, of whatever part that we're studying. And, and, and this, the fruit of gentleness or this, this gentleness that we want to see in our own lives as God's moving in us, that the most compelling picture of gentleness is the person of, uh, the person of Jesus and, and, and God himself, right? And so we want to look to begin with at who God is and the gentleness that we see throughout Scripture of God. And so that first, uh, or that first uh, blank there for you, gentleness of God is evident. And there's three places, there's plenty of places we can look in Scripture to see the evidence of God's gentleness, but the gentleness of God is evident. And I want to touch on three separate places that I would say God's gentleness is so clear for us. And the first one is in his tenderness. The word in Galatians that, that Paul uses for gentleness is, is from the same root word that Jesus uses in Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount where he uses the word meek. And so this is the same word that, that, that he uses and, and this is a God-like characteristic and, and meekness. And, and, I, and I think that, that a lot of times that the evidence of God's gentleness in, 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 in our lives and we think about meekness and those kind of things and we think about we think about weakness, but the truth is, is we established right on the very beginning that gentleness is, has nothing to do with weakness or cowardice or timidity. That a God-like characteristic, because we can see who God is throughout Scripture, it's, it, that, that this God-like characteristic of gentleness is born from, it comes from strength and power. To be truly, to be truly gentle it doesn't mean that you're weak. It, can, it, it is born from to be, to really the, the question would be, are you strong enough to be gentle? Are you, are you able enough to be, to be meek in the way that you handle and, and interact with people? It has nothing about being a pushover. And we can see that this strength, that gentleness comes from strength by just looking at scripture. And in one particular passage in Isaiah chapter 40, it says this in verse 10, and we'll look at a couple different spots, but just listen to this way that Jesus or God is portrayed by, by the prophet Isaiah in, in Isaiah chapter 40. He says, see the sovereign Lord comes with power. This is verse 10. He rules with a mighty arm. You skip down to verse 15 of, of that same chapter. He says, surely the nations are like a drop in the bucket. They regard it as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they are fine dust. I mean, just the, the picture of, of God in Isaiah as, he's, as the prophet Isaiah is writing to the people of God is this, he's enormous, he's immense beyond our imagination, beyond what we, can, what we can picture and understand. He's strong and powerful. The nations, all the nations of the earth, they are just but a drop in a bucket to him. 
He continues verse 25. He says, to whom, this is God speaking through, God talking directly to us. He says, to whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of these? And who brings out the starry hosts one by one? And calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and his mighty strength, not one of them is missing. And within this passage, within this Isaiah passage in in chapter 40, where it talks about his immense strength, just kind of sprinkled into there, woven into this passage of God's strength and majesty and greatness is verse 11. And see if you can just pick up this undercurrent of gentleness here. He says, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lamb in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. The picture in this passage is, that's given to us is one, a God who is of immense strength. But his gentleness is seen in his tenderness in that he gathers the lambs and holds them close to his heart. He guides them gently. The God of all strength and all, he's all powerful, the same, the same time the God of creation, the one who spoke all of it into existence is gentle and tender. He's active and a loving shepherd. He handles the sheep of his pasture. That's you and I, the sheep of his pasture with tenderness and care and compassion. And his gentleness is evident in his tenderness first, but secondly, I want us, uh, I want us to look at how his gentleness is evident in his nearness. His gentleness is evident in his nearness. In Psalm chapter 18, verse 35, in the, in the English Standard Version and in the, in the uh, King James Version, it's written like this. It says these words. It says in verse 35 of chapter 18, it says, You, speaking to God, the, the psalmist says, You have given me a shield of your salvation, the shield of your salvation, and your right hand supported me. Your gentleness made me great. And another translation that I think sheds another layer of, of understanding, a little, a little interesting light on God's gentleness, it looks, and I think it connects to his nearness. Listen to what it says. This is just a different translation. It says in Psalm, same passage, different translation. It says, you give me your shield of victory. Your right hand sustains me. Same, it supports me. But listen to what it says. You stoop down to make me great. And the image of it just the, the image, the word picture of God stooping down. I mean, I think about a, a parent or an adult that, that kneels down beside their child and gently places the hand on their back to support and, and remind them that they're there, that they're near to them, that they're with them to support them, to sustain them. It's what he says, to, to support and to sustain them, that they're near, he's actively involved He's near to us, aware of what is going on. Aware not only what is going on in our hearts, but aware of what's going on around us. And I think this is such an opposite picture of what we so often think about God. We, we think about God as, as distant a lot of times. He's, he's far away from us. We're here and he's way off and, and we're, he's not aware of what's going on. Or maybe, maybe we do think that he's near, but maybe he's near in the same room. But he's maybe like we are, he's sitting in the corner looking at Instagram, scrolling through his feed and, and hate liking the blessed life pics on his, on his Instagram feed. But it, the reality is that that's not who he is at all. 
He's near to us. The psalmist says again, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. The Lord is near in Psalm 145, 18. The Lord is near to all who call on him, who call on him in truth. He's gentle in his tenderness and he's gentle to us in his nearness. He is near to us. He draws near to us and invites us to draw near to him in gentleness. And he's also gentle in his forgiveness. In the passage uh, today, the word in, in Philippians 4 that's translated gentleness is a little different than the one that's in Galatians chapter 5. One is the same root as, as Matthew and it, it, it connects with meekness. But the one in, Galatians, in this Philippians passage, it, again, it, the translation kind of sheds another layer of clarity on what gentleness looks like and who God is. And one pastor, a guy named David, or, or excuse me, Bob Dolphinball says this, that the most popular rendering of this word, the word that's there translated as, as gentle, in in our scripture in in Philippians. He says, I think is the most accurate in that it's translated as ready to forgive or eager to forgive, conveying this desire and predisposition to forgive. And so when when he says, when Paul writes, let your gentleness and and your gentleness be evident to all, the, the actual translation of that would be, let your forgiveness, your readiness, your eagerness to forgive be evident to all that are there that all that know you, all that are around you. And so obviously Paul is talking to the people of God, right? He's writing this letter to the people of Philistia. He's, that, that's the audience, but, but by extension, what he's saying, and, and by extension us, but what he's saying, this character quality that, he, that we desire to see in the people of God is first seen in the person of God. And so his forgiveness is a character quality of his gentleness, It's who he is, his desire, his eagerness to forgive is is who he is. And that's really good news for you and I. It's really good news for you and I. The the reality that that this is, that he's chosen, that God has chosen to be gentle and merciful and gracious to us and forgiving us. Romans 5, chapter 8, verse, chapter 5, verse 8, it says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, it says, As for you, you were dead in your sins and your trespasses, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air and the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. But all of us, all of us live among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following the desires of our desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive in Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. I don't know where you are this morning, but I think that all of us need to be reminded of God's gentleness and his forgiveness. And maybe this morning it's that you have never come to a place where you've actually trusted Christ for salvation, where you've recognized that God is holy and righteous and your sin, that, that, that you know that, you're, that you've sinned, and you, but you've maybe never recognized the fact that that sin separates you from a holy and a righteous God. But God in his greatness and in his gentleness put Christ forth as the solution to that problem. 
and through Christ invites us into a relationship to be restored to the relationship to be restored with him. And by grace, through faith, when we repent of our sins, it says that we are saved. Maybe you just need to hear this morning this gentle voice of God saying, come to me. You you can experience new life and a rescue from the places in the darkness that that you live in and the the place of hopelessness that you live in. And in a gentle voice, he's saying, come to me. I am gentle and lowly and I love you and I want to have a relationship with you. And I've done everything to provide that. Some of us, you, you maybe, you need to hear this morning because you've wandered and you don't believe that there's any way that God would receive you back and you need to hear that gentle voice of a forgiving, a God who is eager and ready to forgive. It says, come, come all you who are heavy laden and burdened and he will give us rest is what he says. He's forgive, he's ready to forgive, eager to forgive you this morning. We start by turning our eyes to him and looking at this perfect picture of what gentleness is in God himself. And now for a moment, I want to switch gears a little bit and look at what that evidence of gentleness is in the life of a follower of Christ. What the evidence of gentleness in the father, follower of Christ looks like. And a couple, three, three things I want to say for that, three, three areas of that same kind of gentleness that's evident in our lives when we're walking with Christ. And In 1839, a a pastor, George Bethune, said this, that perhaps no grace is less prayed for, less cultivated than gentleness. And seldom do we reflect on on not being gentle as sin. And to be honest, listen, if I'm really honest, it's not only that I don't think about gentleness, that, that, that that I have a lack of gentleness, and I don't think about it being a sin, but I don't really think about gentleness at all very often until I'm told that I'm not being very gentle. And then I think about it for a second and I'm like, you don't want to see gentle, right? That's a sinful response. But truly over the past 20 years, 20 some odd years of being in ministry, gentleness is not something that comes up very often. Gentleness is not something, I can't remember reading an article or a book for that matter that talks about gentleness as a quality of a leader, a quality that should, that should be a present in a leader. I don't see that very often. And so in the general sense of the word, I would say that the reality is that no, we don't value gentleness the way that God values gentleness. I mean, if you're a parent, you know what it means to tell your kids to be gentle when they've, like, when you hand them a toddler, like, or you hand them a newborn baby and you're like, be gentle, right? You can break the baby. Really, you probably can't, but you don't want them to drop the baby, right? Or maybe when you're, like, they're petting an animal and they're, like, slamming its head, right? You're like, no, be gentle. Like, we know that. But ultimately, there's not a lot of times that we talk about gentleness. And we, I certainly don't reflect on gentleness very often as being something and not being gentle, as being something that's considered sinful. No, 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 reality is that most of us, we don't think about it very often. I see it more often, more often than not, I see it as like this natural disposition that somebody has and other people don't. Some people are gentle just by nature and then some people are not and that, that's just the way that it is. If you're an Enneagram person, I'm an eight and so I just blame my non-gentleness on an eight, right? That's a, I'm joking, I don't do that. Rebecca tells me I'm a 10, but I, I go ahead and that's funny. 
You go, y'all are not laughing a lot this morning. I've got to work on that. There's not a 10 in the Enneagram, so that's why it's funny. Because, okay, whatever. It doesn't work. But it, there's, there's reasons why we, we talk about gentleness. Maybe it's just, it's not my disposition to be, to be gentle. It's not the way that I was built. But the reality is that the evidence of a follower of Christ is more and more we see this gentleness. And we see it first in an, an active outward compassion for others. An active outward compassion for others. Paul Tripp, an author and pastor, speaker, says, that, says about gentleness with others. And he, he talks about gentleness with others and he uses the comparison between uh, restoring and destroying, destroying an old house. Like the difference between what it takes to destroy an old house and, and restore one. And, and one, restoring is this, this care that's given to it. And it's an intentional act and of moving in and, and, and patiently caring for and, and bringing something that's old back to life and, and newness. The other, destroying, just requires a wrecking ball. And I probably have been called a wrecking ball once or twice in my life. As harsh as this wrecking ball image might be, it's the most accurate description of many of us. And maybe it's the kind of wake-up call that we need to be reminded of what it looks like or how the lack of gentleness is so sinful and destructive in the lives of those who God has put near us. That while gentleness in, our li- in the lives of a follower of Christ looks like compassion, for others that's restorative and brings life. It's actively, one author says this, that it's actively seeking to make others feel at ease and restful in our presence. I listened to a comedian this past week that talked about, he's an older comedian. He talked about when he was a kid, how every time his dad came home, his mom would like start freaking out, be like, your dad's home. You're like, you're gonna be quiet. Pick up all your stuff. Be quiet, don't, don't make any noise. Don't, don't bother dad. And it was kind of funny, and I was like, you know what, I wonder, like, the tension that he felt when, I mean, he was joking, right, but the tension that, that you feel when, when, like, when somebody walks in the room, like, hey, be quiet, don't, don't make a sound because dad might lose it, right? Can you imagine what it would look like if rather than don't make a sound, dad might lose it, if, if, if dad was gentle, not a wrecking ball, if dad was gentle, how much joy and peace would come in that house when dad walked in? What if that was the picture of what it looked like when dad walks in, when, when mom walks in, when, when you as a boss or as an employee walks in to your job, whatever, when you walk into school is that there's peace that walks in, a restful presence that walks in, that gentleness that walks in, that, that invites people to you rather than pushes them away. It's where the one and others of scripture are so great for us to be reminded. And there's over 60 times in, in just the New Testament alone that the phrase one another is used and just reminding us, of us that, that, that we don't do this life alone, that we need each other. But in needing each other, we live life together. And that's a gentleness that we share with each other. It says be in peace with each other, to love one another, to honor one another above yourselves to live in harmony with one another, to accept one another, then just as Christ has accepted you to serve one another in love, to carry on each other's burdens, to be patient, bearing with one another in love, being, being kind and compassionate together or to one another and forgiving one another. Which brings us to the second character or second area of what it looks like for the evidence of a 
gentleness in the Christ follower, it's the same thing as evident in God's, in the picture of who God is, that there's an eager willingness to forgive others. That if we, are look, if we look more and more like Jesus, if, we're, if the Spirit is working in us to look more and more like him, then we will have this same kind of desire to be forgiven, to forgive as Christ has for us. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, it says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. One of the clearest ways that we can see God's spirit working inside of us, transforming us to me more and more into his image is that we're willing, a growing willingness, a growing eagerness, a growing readiness to forgive others the way that Christ has forgiven us. How could we, being forgiven as we have, choose not to forgive others that Christ died for just like he died for us. And that gentleness being evident in our lives, it's displayed in that readiness and that eagerness to forgive. And Jesus took this seriously. Listen, Matthew chapter six, he says this, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But verse 15, Matthew chapter six, but if you do not forgive others of their sin, your father will not forgive your sins. That's fairly heavy. It's fairly heavy to, to realize that what Jesus says is that, that when we choose to withhold forgiveness, when we choose not to be gentle in the way that God was gentle to us in forgiving our sins, that, that, that he withholds that from us as well. Truly, I know, that, I know that as you're thinking about it, maybe, maybe the, the thought process is, but you don't know what they did. No, I don't. I don't know what they did, but I know that Jesus knows exactly what I did and he forgave me. He didn't hold those things against me. He forgave me. The third, there's a careful consideration of words and tone. The evidence of gentleness in the follower of Christ's life is there's a careful consideration of words and tone. And I'm not gonna lie to you, this is the single most difficult part of the whole sermon for me. Yesterday, all day long, I was like, I don't want to talk to anybody because I don't want to lose it and then have to preach tomorrow and then be like, yeah, dad, why were you not gentle yesterday? I'm like, I'm just gonna be quiet today. I'm gonna fast from talking. And then we watched the LSU football game and I didn't fast from talking. I was not gentle during that either. Gentleness and words and tone, I can't tell you how many times this week, just the Holy Spirit tapped me on the shoulder and whispered into my ear, is that a gentle tone that you're speaking? Are those gentle words that you're using or is it harsh and destructive? I told you this already, I tend to speak in a manner that's a little more abrupt and, and blunt and, and, I, and I like to call it honesty, but the truth is that I have a tendency to be a wrecking ball that destroys rather than restores and gentleness that we're called to doesn't, doesn't just say whatever we think, not considering those who we're speaking to, what it does is even in its tone, not just in its words, but in its tone, not just the content, but the way that we say this. How many, how many of you, you, my brothers and sisters who uh, are wrecking balls, how many, how, how many of you have heard the phrase, it's not what you say, it's the way you say it? Anybody? 
want to be truthful. There we go. Thank you very much, Josh, for being truthful. The reality is it's not often, it's not all the time what you say. Uh, the one pastor, writer, um, Emerson Egrich, writer of Love and Respect, says that you can be right in what you say and wrong in the tone of your voice. It's talking about in marriage, there's so many times, and I know that this to be true, it's what I'm saying is not a lie. What I'm saying is truthful, but the way that I'm saying it is wrong. I can be right in what I say, but wrong in the tone of my voice, and it's destructive, and it's, not, it's, it is, it, it's sinful, and it's not the evidence of God's gentleness in my life. And if I could just listen to these words and grab them, if I could just hold on to them and, and, and remember these things, in, in Proverbs 15, verse 1, it says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Verse four, verse four of that same chapter, it says that gentle words are a tree of life. Gentle words are a tree of life. I think sometimes we just need to hold on and be reminded of this. That when we're in our homes and in our workplaces and we see all of the chaos that sometimes is in those places that we're in, maybe we need to look at ourselves and ask, is the chaos, is the struggle, is the, is the lack of peace in this place, does it have something to do with my lack of gentleness in what I'm saying or the way that I'm saying it or the way that I'm handling or interacting with the people that I'm around? Ask the question, and rather this morning, because I know that some of us probably this week, even as I was preparing, was thinking about these things, there was a lot of times that I was pointing at other people, and the reality is that I really needed to be pointing at myself and stop pointing at somebody else and being like, I hope they're listening this morning. Listening and saying, where, God, is this a reality for me that you, that you want to take that away? You want to remove those things so that with gentleness I'm answering that turns away wrath. That with gentle words, I, my, my, my words, my actions, my tone, the way that I handle and, and interact with people could be a tree of life rather than something that brings destruction and death. God, would you rip that out of me and make me new? Gentleness means our words and our actions and our attitudes that we're willing to handle others with care, to handle them as though they're fragile. This is another word that he uses that, that, is, that is used that we, that the word gentle means to be, to be handled with care. And I, I know we pick right now, like culturally, right, that, that people are just too fragile. But the reality is that, 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 that yes, we're all a little bit fragile. And some of you are like, I'm not fragile. I'm like, okay, maybe you hadn't listened the whole time. So let's, let's go back again. The reality is that we put this veneer up of strength and that we think that's strength, but it's truly just a pushing against the, the, the reality of, of, of strength not being this macho-ness, but of being, being vulnerable and trusting in the Lord, that, that this meekness and gentleness comes from strength, but that strength is not a, a proud, arrogant strength. It's a gentle strength that handles others with care and that re realizes that we're all in need of being handled with care to being treated as though we're fragile because our words and our actions and our attitudes, they can bring life or they can destroy. And so the last thing 
that we say, we kind of look at this, this morning about gentleness and from this passage in, in Philippians. So he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And I would say that gentleness makes the presence of God evident. That our gentleness makes the presence of God evident, right? Not only in our hearts, but around us in our lives. And, and it makes God's presence, Jesus' presence, God's presence evident in our lives. And he says, Jesus' presence informs our gentleness. The first thing there is Jesus' presence informs our gentleness. Our gentleness when, when we recognize the reality that Jesus is in all places at all times, Right, that, that he that may change the way that we speak and act towards each other. When I recognize that this person that I'm talking to, that I'm interacting with, this person is, that, that I'm interacting with is created in the image of God just like I'm created in the image of God. That he, is, he or she is loved by God and cared for by God and known by God the same way that I am. And it should, in, it should move in me to treat them with gentleness the same way that God has treated me with gentleness. Regardless of the way that they treat me. Because this is, not a, this is not a because you do, I do, but because Christ has, I will treat you with gentleness. Because Christ has already gone before me and treated me with gentleness when I didn't deserve it, I'm going to treat you with gentleness regardless if you do or do not deserve it today. Because you are loved by God and created in his image. You're known by him and he's present. And it changes the way that I interact with you because of his presence. Jesus' presence empowers that gentleness. And this is the reality that we talk about and, and when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit. It's not just you pulling up your bootstraps and trying, to, trying harder tomorrow to be gentle, but it's you yielding to the presence of the Spirit inside of you, doing its work in you and through you to display His beauty and His presence and His life inside of you through the gentleness that we interact with others. Jesus has called us to gentleness, but He's equipped us for that gentleness that he's called us to. And this Jesus' presence transforms through gentleness. When we live like Jesus, when more and more the inward work of the Holy Spirit is evident in our lives, in our actions, in our attitudes, we pour out, we pour out on others the same kind of gentleness that Jesus poured out on us. And the lives of those that we interact with will be transformed and drawn to him. That truly you walking into a room and bringing peace into a room rather than chaos, that, that gentleness in that room, bringing, making people feel at peace and welcomed when you walk into that gentleness that you bring in is a part of the transforming work of evangelism in the lives of those that are around you. When you display strength through gentleness, it's attractive points people towards a savior who loves them and cares for them. Truly gentleness of Christ will come, will move us towards those who are broken and hurting and lost in the same way that Christ gently moved towards us to heal our brokenness and restore the relationship that was broken because of our sin and make us new. When we understand the gentleness that God has moved towards us in, it compels us to move towards others in gentleness. And when we do so, the presence of Jesus in our lives 
through that gentleness that's displayed, draws other and tr- all others and transforms their lives. It sends us, it compels us for evangelism and missions. It compels us to see others who are in need and want and, and, and to move into those places to serve and, and, and to give in ways that, that, that build up and restore. And that's why even this morning as we talk about Mission Sunday, that what we highlight are opportunities for us to do that. That missions is an opportunity to, for us to display the gentleness of Christ as we step into lives of those who are hurting and broken because Jesus stepped into our lives. This morning, 431, 431 Ministries is, is, is in, our, in the gallery. Rachel is here who, who started 431 Ministries and they, they live life and, and share life and, and work with ladies who are coming out of, out of, what's the word now that I can't remember it, the, the, out of domestic abuse issues or domestic abuse problems stepping in with compassion and gentleness into their lives. And, and there's opportunities for us to, to join them in that work. And she'll tell you in, in, the, in the lobby where, where you can do that. There's opportunities through Harvest Food Share and other, uh, through Shower Up and, and um, the bridge ministries that we do ministry with throughout the year for us to display the gentleness of Christ and stepping into the lives of those who are hurting and broken because Christ and his gentleness stepped into ours. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to invite our, our ushers to come and I'll pray for the offering as well. And after the off, as we collect the offering, I want to share a video of what God's doing and how in gentleness he's stepping into the lives of those that we work with in Brazil and Moldova. And a little bit about what's happened over the past year, just kind of a recap of that. And then I'm going to invite Miss Lucy to come and share a little bit of, of the things and the opportunities that she has for us to in gentleness step into the lives of others maybe by sponsoring a kid or, or, or coming alongside and going on a trip. So let me invite the ushers to come forward. I'm going to pray for our, our offering this morning and kind of close, and then we'll watch this video. Uh, and I want Miss Lucy to come and share a little bit of, of her journey uh, and, and the, or her the offerings that we have available through Justice and Mercy International. So let me pray for us. Lord, we thank you for the gentleness and the kindness and the love and the care and compassion that you have displayed towards us that you have stepped into our brokenness, into our darkness and loneliness and sorrow and brought peace. That you've called us to come to you, to draw near to you, and you tell us that you are near to us and that tenderly, God, you care for us and that you forgive us. God, let this, the fruit of your spirit and especially this gentleness become more and more evident in our lives, in the lives of your body, your church here in Columbia. And that, God, we would respond with gentleness to our community and it would be evident that we invite people in, that this would be a place of peace, a place where they can come and know that those who are here will treat them with tenderness and care and compassion. May we, God, in, in, our, in our families, in our, in our marriages, in our relationships with, with individuals, in our community groups, and at work, God, may we be individuals who display this kind of gentleness and in so doing display your greatness and your goodness. And would you transform lives because of it? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. That's the end of this episode on the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network. Before you go, we invite you to think about who you could share this sermon with. 
click the subscribe button so that you can be notified each time we release a new sermon. Did you know Rolling Hills publishes other podcasts too? Check out the Making History and Parenting podcast, Men's Leadership Network, and the RH Women's As You Go podcast. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. We're thankful you spent some time with us today. We'll see you next time.